Blog Talk Radio. Presented by Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike. It's great to be back in the air chair this week after a uh, hiatus last week. Yeah, it's certainly good to have you, Mike, and we appreciate everybody joining us. We've got a fantastic show on top for you today here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. George Tink, the owner of Wiggle It Jiggle It, will be here, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about uh, well, the last couple of races, the Confederation Cup, uh, of course, his great effort, Mike, that you had a chance to see firsthand uh, at the Battle of Lake Erie, and of course, the upcoming big matchup, the rematch, if you will, with Rock and Ron coming up Sunday in the Dorothy Mullen Invitational, but Mike, you had a chance to see Wiggle It Jiggle It in that awesome performance at the Battle of Lake Erie. How good was it? Yeah, you know, Wiggle It Jiggle It performed so well on Saturday night. It was unreal. He, uh, as Ayers Ratliff say, he walked to the opening quarter, and he really did. 28 seconds, uh, you know, it, it just was unreal how good, um, you know, how good he was. It was a little unfortunate to see, uh, you know, foiled again. He kind of got backed up through the field a little bit, um, but it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a great race, and uh, you know what? I, I can't wait to uh, witness many more Battle of Lake Erie's at uh, Northfield Park. Also on the program, Hall of Fame driver Dave Miller will be joining us towards the bottom of the hour. He's got a lot of drives, including drives in all three of the big invitationals coming up this Sunday at Harris Philadelphia. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour to talk about those drives and to talk about his big milestone that he accomplished, $200 million in career earnings, joining a handful of drivers uh, that have accomplished that task. Greg Lee will be joining us, a very, very special guest. Uh, Greg Lee is the son of Maxie Lee every year. 
he flies up from North Carolina to the Philadelphia area to present the trophy. Maxie Lee is his father. And, of course, Maxie Lee Memorial that is uh, in honor of Maxie Lee. And he's he accomplished a lot of great things as a horseman, was the first African-American to ever have a horse in the Hamiltonian. So we'll talk to Greg Lee about his father and a little bit about uh, his harness racing experiences as well. Plus, we're going to have the track announcer of Western Fair Molson Pace action, Mike, tomorrow. Uh, Sugar Doyle is going to be joining us at about 7.45 or so. And uh, Sugar will be talking to us about the big race coming up at, uh, in Canada at Western Fair. And we had a chance to sit down, Mike, with Stephanie Jacobs. Now, Stephanie... Uh, is uh, part of our ongoing series with Racing Under Saddle. She was one of the teachers at the Winback Farm Seminar they'd had just about a week ago concerning Racing Under Saddle. She's going to talk about some tips, some uh, tricks a little bit, uh, what Racing Under Saddle riders need to know. So Stephanie will be on the program as well. Plus, we'll take a look at all the big races. Mike, we've got a lot on tap coming up here uh, on this busy edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. (laughs) Yeah, we do. And real quick, Mike, um, I know I didn't mention this off air, but I meant to a uh, uh, longtime Northfield Park trainer, uh, John Perrin, uh, actually passed away earlier this afternoon. So we wanted to, uh, from all of us at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we wanted to give our condolences out to the Perrin family. John was a uh, very well-known and very well-liked trainer uh, here at Northfield Park. His son, J.D. Perrin, trains at Buffalo Raceway, so he will certainly be missed. And uh, again, from all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we send our prayers out to uh, the Perrin family. No question about it. When we come back, we'll have George Teague, owner of Wiggle It Jiggle It on the program. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program hey i'm Chantel sutherland cruz and want to tell you all about betamerica.com it's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from america and around the world new players receive a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit up to three hundred dollars that's the best sign up bonus available today it's time to play the Bet America Way. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by George Teague, the owner of Wiggle It Jiggle It. And George, I got to say, I was uh, I got to witness another one of Wiggle Jiggle's impressive performances. I talked to Montreux a little bit uh, before the race, and he was just so excited to get Wiggle Jiggle back. Uh, I want to first congratulate you guys on the uh, on the win in the Battle of Lake Erie. Oh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. No, he was good the other night. Now, talk to us, George, about how good he was. Uh, Montreux uh, took him to the quarter in 28 seconds, and he absolutely sprinted late. I mean, he just is so so fast, I and mean, he gets over the racetrack so well. Uh, he's just so impressive. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's kind of good when you get easy fractions, regardless of where you are, especially on the half. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure when the horses saw that he had drawn the rail, it wasn't going to be a 
whole lot of leaving, but I, I was kind of really pleasantly surprised to see that it wasn't many challenging early. They allowed Montrell to kind of stuff him a little bit around the first turn and, and just continue to rest him as much as he kind of turned into a sprint, and, and it worked out well for him. Greg, my, uh, George, Mike Bozich here. Uh, where do you rank this performance in the Battle of Lake Erie with some of the previous dominating performances that we've seen from this horse? You know, he, when he wins, he really made it look pretty easy. And the other night he did. I mean, not taking it away from any of his starts this year. All of them have been excellent to me. You know, I mean, like uh, I told somebody the other day that he drawed uh, seven holes four, three times out of four. Yonkers, when he won, there was pretty kind of easy, comfortable wins besides the dead heat with uh, the legend Colt. Um, but, you know, he's he's done it this year like he'd done it last year. He just, you know, like up to Flamborough, that Rock and Ron really raced super, not taking anything away from him. But I would love to have been on the gate that day and, and maybe, you know, just get a little better cover flow instead of, you know, the cover didn't take him up there very quick and really didn't take him into the race. And then again, it turned into a sprint last quarter in 26 and 2, and he, he just couldn't catch that cold uh, of uh, Yannick. The Yannick horse is real good also. But, no, I, so, every time he wins, you know, he's always – he does turn it into spectacular-looking races anyway. Now, George, you alluded to perhaps in one of the uh, one of the articles about maybe a little bit of soreness in the Confederation Cup. But the Wiggle it, Jiggle it, was he a little sore? Yeah, you know, he still was battling a little bit of a foot issue. And train today, he trained excellent. It seemed like it was less of an issue now than it was. Uh, when he originated about four or five weeks ago, and, and he just seems to be getting sounder and sounder. And it wasn't a serious issue, but it was just a little bit of a tender spot in his foot that, you know, it just didn't go well. And we had tried a different set of shoes on him that night at Mohawk in the, in the, in the preferred, and sometimes he looks a little off anyway, but when he throws it away pretty good when he gets to high speed. And that night there, he looked awful. I mean, but he hit the last turn, he does what he does, and he kicked it in, and he he didn't see it, and, and um, the middleweight through the lane, he got caught, and I think the reason he got caught because he also came up sick, and that was more of an explanation. Uh, I think that's why he got beat that night. Not that the other horse discredited any horse that beats him, but the other horse is a nice horse too, but he's flattened out, and I never see him flattened out like he did to, that night. But, uh, no, he's had a good year starting off, and uh, I hope he just continues. I mean, last year was, you know, it's always going to be hard to repeat a year like last year because the competition changes uh, quite a bit from three to four. Now, George, I had a chance to talk with Montrell uh, before the race, and I, I asked him, where does he get all of his heart from? He's been involved in probably two of the greatest races harness racing has ever seen, once in the Little Brown Jug, and then you alluded to the one against uh, a bit of a legend in the Le- Levy series. Where does uh, Wiggle and Jiggle get his heart from? You know what? He's, he's just a great horse. I mean, uh, you know, I don't I don't think there's a whole bunch of these horses just walking around uh, – uh, every day, you know, every once in a while you run across one that shows something a little bit different, a little bit special. And, you know, Montreal and myself and the rest of us, Clyde and, and, and whoever's involved, just happen to get lucky and, and, and have him. But, no, he's just a great, great horse. You know, every era has a great horse. And, and definitely, I think, you know, he, he'll definitely make an impression. I hope if he stays healthy, nothing like, you know, all of us wish for that for years to come. You know, I just think he's going to go down as one of the great horses. Visiting with George Teague, the owner of Wiggle It, Jiggle It. George, uh, being on Facebook and social media, you get to see a lot of pictures uh, in the uh, in the 2000, in the age of 2016. And one of the great pictures that is making its Facebook rounds, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet, was uh, – and I'm not so sure. I, I would imagine it would be at Northfield Park where you and Larry are shaking hands. Larry Reinheimer, of course, the trainer, and, 
and the owner of Freaky Feet Pete. What what's the conversation like? Uh, you know, because on one side, of course, you guys are competitive as all heck, and uh, but you know, listen, two great guys. What what was that conversation like? It was a small conversation, but I met Larry when when we first went up to uh, uh, Hoosier, and then I uh, met him and his wife Mary, uh, Mary, Mary, uh, and and really are nice people, just like myself down to earth. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you ask him, I'm sure he feels as lucky as I do just to have a horse, and uh, um, just a great horse, and he's a great horse guy, and you know, what I mean, just I wished him good luck as soon as I walked up. He wished me the same, and I congratulated him on the way his horse came back that night, and. How he came back for them races he had raced in Hoosier, and and uh, that's how the conversation went. So no, he's he, I just think uh, a lot of this business separates from a lot of different businesses. There's a lot of genuine nice people in it, and and everybody got million dollar horses. Uh, but he's just like myself, I, um, you know, just a nice guy. George, you've got a big one coming up Sunday, the Dorothy Mullen Invitational, $200,000 at Harris, Philadelphia. Uh, a chance to uh, get some revenge on Rock and Ron, of course, who won the Confederation Cup. Uh, the Dead Heat with a bit of a legend, he's in that particular race as well, although he's from post-state. It should be a great, great race. What are your thoughts coming into that one? You know, it's a very competitive race again. you got Rock High Optimist, and you got Rock and Ron. You know, you got the good horse from the rail, J.K. Endeavor, and Market so is a, is a, in the, really the one that's just popped everybody's eye out the last couple of weeks. Dylan Davis uh, re- uh, required uh, required uh, Mel Mara, and he looked absolutely great. His two starts, and that they didn't look good before with Tony Amato, but last two starts he he come very close to beating the always beat Mickey. Everybody says he's going to go forty five, so he almost beat a forty five pacer. So um, no, it, it's a good race. It's going to make it good and a bit of a legend at the eight hole, but very talented and. It can come from anywhere if you ain't careful. So looking forward to the race. Just hope we have a little racing luck, and he comes in uh, racing his race that day like he's done 90% of the time he hits the racetrack, and I think we're in good shape. But we just need a little bit of racing luck things go our way. George, what's ahead in 2016 uh, going forward here? The game plans, uh, have they changed any since we talked to you last? No, no. This horse just made the race, man, and that's why you'll see him in the box when you'll see him out of it. Unless he tells us otherwise, I mean, he's just—he likes to race. You know, he's real healthy. He, he's real fresh. Uh, he, like I told people last year, was ashamed to even turn him out when I did in November because he was as fresh then as when I started mid-season. So he's just that type of horse. He's just a different, different kind of horse that way. I mean, you know, he's six. I mean, I think I made eight starts then, and I hope he can last throughout the season. I plan on keep racing. Now, George, I have uh, one last question, and it's kind of, a, I guess, a funny question to ask. Uh, watching the replay uh, here at Dorfield, um, I ter- saw Montrell turn and smile towards the camera. Was that a uh, was that a planned thing, or was that him just having a little bit of fun? Well, I, if it was planned, I think it was him planned, and I had no clue. But, no, he, I'm sure when you sit behind this horse some parts of the mile, when you spread like that there, if you don't bring a smile to your face and you don't feel – you know, a good feeling coming over you when you race the horse and at the head of stress, he, he, he peeps out and he draws off a 40 hits a year like he's leaving the gate. If he ain't smiling, something wrong with him. Right, so I uh, just got caught on camera, but I don't think of too many people that love the game. And, and he's a young man that don't get a lot of opportunities to drive a lot of different horses that might not resonate with the, with the drivers that drive, you know, 2,500, 4,000 races a year. But with him, is like a treasure. Uh, when he does that, I'm sure it's personal and it means a lot to him. So 
I'm sure if you, you check a lot of his videos, Northfield does a good camera work. So maybe that's why they caught it. But he, uh, I'm sure he's been smiling a lot crossing the wire. I'm sure it's not the first time. It's the first time he got caught like that, though. Well, George, I'll tell you, I've been privileged to watch Wiggly Jiglet in person twice. I hope to see him again uh, here in 2016 and uh, going forward in the future. Well, I hope so, too. I really appreciate you guys reaching out and keeping it interesting. Do a great job. Not a Thanks, George. That was George Teague, the owner of Wiggle It Jiggle It, who's coming off an impressive win and the Battle of Lake Erie at Northfield Park. And Mike, you know, they, they just have uh, and they're so humble. And that's the one thing I love about that family is they're humble. They answer every request for request for interviews. And it's uh, it's definitely a lot of fun to uh, listen to those guys talk about Wiggle It Jiggle It. Oh, it certainly is. And that was one of the things I liked about that picture. I mean, here you see. You know, two guys with arguably two of the best, you know, aged pacers out there right now with Freaky Feet Pete and Larry Reinheimer and George Teague and uh, Wiggle It Jiggle It. And they've butted heads before down in Indiana. They're going to butt heads again. It's, they're probably going to butt heads uh, quite a few times uh, over the next uh, six months. And, you know, listen, it's great to see them guys in that photo op be able to shake hands and just say, you know what, hey, we're out there and uh, you know what, we're competing and uh, but we're still people and we're still good people and uh, it's good to see uh, them guys do that. But you're right, Mike, about the photo up with Montreal. <laughs> you talk about a, a photo that has made its rounds, but I think I've seen. I, as a matter of fact, there ain't too many people. There aren't too many people on my page that haven't shared that photo of Montreal T crossing the line with that big smile on his face. What a what a great photo. Yeah, definitely. Jeff Semenko did a great job of getting that uh, getting that photo. Well, coming up next, Mike, is Greg Lee. Greg Lee will join us up after the break. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we've got a special guest on the program at this time, Greg Lee, the son of Maxie Lee. And, of course, Maxie Lee may be a familiar name to a lot of people because of the uh, race 
and it's a great race each and every year, a trot race at Harris, Philadelphia. But a, what a lot of you may not know is who Maxie Lee is and who the person Maxie Lee is, a great horseman, longtime horseman. And right now we're joined by his son, Greg. Greg, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine today, and you are. I'm doing fantastic. Well, first, Greg, before we get into uh, the nuts and bolts, maybe a little bit about the race, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Greg, and in, in your involvement in uh, racing, if you will. Well, you know, I started out, uh, my dad and I started out in Pinehurst, and I always helped him at the barn. It was uh, get up every morning before school, feed the horses. And um, early in North Carolina those days, it was like uh, 4.30 in the morning before you uh, <laughs> go to school. That was your job. So that was basically it. And then, you know, after school, you know, you go back and then you help feed and so forth. So I've been involved with it since I was pretty much uh, probably about eight years old. He said, if you can pick up a water bucket, then you can work at the barn. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about your father. Of course, Maxie Lee, uh, great horseman. I've talked to a lot of different horsemen. I've never heard a bad thing uh, about Maxie. Tell us a little bit about your father and some of his contributions in the sport. Well, my father started out working for a legendary trainer, Frank Safford. Uh, my father was uh, in the Korean War. He got out, needed a job, and he always liked horses. So he went to work for Frank Safford. And, you know, Frank was a, uh, one of the uh, legendary horsemen. He had horses, uh, Night Dream, who won the Little Brown Drug years ago. My dad went to work for Frank. And um, as they say, the rest is history. Frank saw that he had... Uh, knowledge of horses, and one day Frank said, you know, in that gruff voice of his, you know, Maxie, turn the horse, and he said, just follow me, and of course my dad followed him, and he said, uh, there's only one thing you can't do when you're training a horse with me, you can't win, so if your horse feels good, you got to pull him back, you can't ever beat the trainer, so <laughs> I said, learn that lesson from Frank, yeah, and um, so so basically, that's how he started, and he uh, worked for Frank for quite a while, learned a lot from him, and um, started out on his own. But he did work for Charlie Fitzpatrick for a while, and Charlie was another one of the uh, old-school horsemen there. And, and then my dad left Charlie and went struck out on his own in the uh, early 70s, well, late 60s, rather. What were some of the and, horses that uh, some of the horses he said, some of the horses that uh, that maybe uh, strike a memory chord with you a little bit? Well, one of one of his top horses, you know, was Black Gamecock, and Black Gamecock was a Delaware Valley Horse of the Year. And then the next year, you know, he had Valley Ken. Uh, later on, he had Backstreet Guy, who won the Houghton Memorial. He had Luke Skywalker, who uh, finished second in the Little Brown Jug. Won his heat, but finished second to Precious Bunny. So my dad has had some good horses over the years. And people used to say, well, Maxie, how do you do it? Well, you know, he knew a lot of things. And look at the confirmation on the horse, breeding on the horse. And he was very conservative when it came to training horses. If he had a two-year-old that he thought was not ready, he would probably race him a couple of times and turn him out. And if he thought the horse just wasn't ready at all, he would turn him out. So he was very conservative when it came to training horses. Visiting live with Greg Lee, uh, the son of Maxie Lee. Now, uh, Greg, your father was the first African-American to have a horse in the Hambletonian. What did that mean to your, your father and your family uh, to, to be the first African-American to have a horse in the Hambletonian? 
Well, I remember the week leading up to the Hamiltonian. My father had a lot of interviews, and people asked him that question, and he, to be honest with you, he really didn't think about it because he was just saying, it's great to start a horse in the Hamiltonian, feel good being the first African-American to have a horse in the Hamiltonian. He said, but I've got so much to do here. He said, I can't even think about, you know, what color I am. I'm just trying to get in the race. So, but it was a big, it was a big deal because, you know, whether we look at it or not, it was a big deal for the family, a big deal for the sport too. So it was, um, we all relished that. And uh, my, my children uh, will relish that as well. So it was really a big deal for him. It was really big for him. Now, Greg, uh, talk to us a little bit about how the uh, Max Ely Memorial uh, came about uh, in Pennsylvania. Well, the first year they had it, um, I was really surprised. I was not surprised, rather, because the racing secretaries at, at the tracks knew him, all of the administrators and people with the Pennsylvania Harness Racing Commission, they knew my father, and they looked at the contributions that he made to the sport, and they said, you know, we've got to do something here to remember him. And believe me, I appreciate it, but it was it was the people in the sport of harness racing, U.S. Training Association as well, says, I think we should do this. And uh, they've done a fantastic job. And people are really when when I when they have this race and I'm in the winter circle, people come up and they tell me what a great guy he was, and they also think thank the U.S. Trotting Association and Harris for doing that. So it means a lot when people come up to you and thank the sport of harness racing for doing that. You know, Greg, one of the uh, – we've had a lot of guests. The show's been going on uh, probably for about six months, uh, and we've had a lot of guests, a lot of trainers. And one of the common questions that we ask trainers, owners, a lot of horsemen is, you know, what, what's the dream race for you? And, you know, a lot of people say Little Brown Jug. A lot of people say Hamiltonian. A lot of people say uh, Breeders' Crown. But uh, one great answer that we did get from somebody was – I want to have a race in my dad's honor, and I want to be able to win that race. Greg, what's the biggest, and I know there's probably a lot, what, are the, what would you say is the most memorable father-son moment that sticks out to you that you had with your dad? The little brown jug uh, with Duke Skywalker. Although he didn't win it, um, he was not even favored, as a matter of fact. He wasn't even in the top. But I remember... Uh, Nuke Skywalker raced in June, uh, and the brown and the jug was in September. And I remember Nuke racing, and my father said, "Come September, they'll know who this horse is." And those were his very words. And he said, "In the little brown jug, we're going to give him a fit." Those were his exact words. So he saw what was coming there, and I'll tell you. Although you didn't win it, you know, you don't want to be limited as a runner-up, but that was a great moment. That was a fantastic moment. Greg, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this very night. In just a few short days, we'll see you in the winner's circle presenting the the uh, trophy to uh, whoever the winner is. It's another great race in the uh, 2016 Maxi Lee Invitational. We certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, I'll be at the mic Sunday, and it's 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 always a pleasure to call your dad's race, sir. Thanks, and there's a great feel Sunday, too. Yeah, it sure does. Greg, we certainly appreciate it, buddy.
All right. Thanks a lot. All right. That was Greg Lee, the son of Maxie Lee. And uh, I'll tell you, Mike, you, you know, in this business, you talk to a lot of different people. A lot of different people come and go, whether horsemen, uh, racing officials, and so forth. And I'll tell you, I haven't met one person yet uh, that hasn't had anything but, but nice and complimentary things to say about uh, Maxie Lee and what he's accomplished and what he did for the sport of harness racing. Yeah, definitely. Mike, we've done a lot of interviews on this show and just listening to some of the stories that Greg uh, had about his father and uh, the little brown jug and the Hamiltonian, it just, it, 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 it makes me want to go back into the sixties and seventies and just witness harness racing back in those days. No question about it. We said we have a busy show yet to go, Mike. We have uh, Hall of Fame driver Dave Miller is going to be joining us in a few minutes to talk about some of his drives on Sunday. The big car to Harris, Philadelphia. Shannon Sugar Doyle will be joining us. We're going to talk uh, about the Molson Pace and Stephanie Jacobs from Racing Under Saddle. She'll be joining us as well to talk to us about some of the techniques in our ongoing series with Racing Under Saddle. First, it's the Maryland Minute. Don't go anywhere. Plenty left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Join us for a paint night fundraiser party at Waterman Seafood Company in Ocean City, Maryland, Monday, June 13th at 5 p.m. Register now at paintnight.com slash events. That's paintnightnite.com slash events. Or call Kerry at area code 410-202-6231. That's 410-202-6231. Paint Night will donate a portion of ticket sales to the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Visit them online at www.hhyf.org to get more information. Once again, join us for a Paint Night fundraiser party at Waterman's Seafood Company in Ocean City, Maryland, Monday, June 13th at 5 p.m. Register now. Call Carrie at 410-202-6231. 410-202-6231. And afterwards, follow us over to Ocean Downs for a night of exciting live harness racing. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tail. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, 
the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, and we're joined right now by Hall of Fame driver Dave Miller. Dave, we certainly appreciate you joining us, sir. You saw you sprung the upset in the last at Harris, Philadelphia, so we figured you'd be in a pretty good mood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was, uh, you know, never too late. Yeah, $200 million in career earnings, my friend. You hit that milestone a few weeks back. How does it feel? Oh, that, that, that's a great accomplishment. You know, I, uh, uh, you know, you one of those things like you don't really uh pay much attention to it and uh, then somebody told me and uh, you know i was i was kind of shocked myself that it that it uh added up like that i mean uh it's a great accomplishment i mean uh to be uh able to say i've done that now a lot of drivers that you talk to dave uh, especially when they reach milestones you know like five thousand six thousand seven thousand wins some of the drivers will uh will tell you well we you know really didn't keep track it came to me as a little bit of a surprise other drivers uh, have it down to the the exact number of how many wins they have what what kind of guy are you do you do you have it down to the number or do you just kind of whatever happens happens yeah i just kind of like whatever happens happens you know i you know, I set goals, uh, you know, years ago I would do that. And, uh, you know what, you end up uh, wasting time worrying about it, you know. And, uh, and you know, it's kind of like a, like a, bot, a pot boiling water, you know. You watch it, it won't boil, you know. So it's kind of one of those things. I just kind of show up and uh, do the best I can. Yeah, certainly. Well, I'll tell you what, a big, big weekend coming up Sunday at Harris, Philadelphia. Of course, we got the three big invitationals, and uh, you've got drives in all three, plus just a great card all around, 14 uh, races. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Dave, if we could talk about a few of your drives, uh, and actually we'll start at the beginning of the card, and I'll make sure that I ask you horses that, that you're kind of familiar with. A millionaire pacer in race two, actually he's uh, not too far from two million, dial and no dial. And uh, this is a horse, Dave, that had a little bit of problems last time uh, from post nine, uh, and he's in a now as a fifteen thousand last five. What what happened last race? Uh, last week, uh, the horse stopped. Uh, the horse I was following, uh, my cover there, he stopped pretty quick, and he stopped. He started slowing up there by the half, and we as soon as we headed up the backstretch, he really stopped. And uh, um, Corey was just telling me to, to go ahead and move, and. Uh, I, when I was moving him over, he actually uh, stepped on his wheel. And uh, luckily, uh, he got hung up in the wheel for a step or two. Uh, it didn't look pretty, but uh, we got out of it and survived it. But uh, Dial, he's he's been one of my favorites for quite a while. Uh, he's uh, he's a pretty good horse. You know, he's he's getting a little older now. He's not quite as uh, strong as he used to be. But uh, he still gives you a good effort, and he tries really hard. 
Moving along, race number three. You've uh, driven a horse by the name of BWT Taj the last couple of starts, and this is a horse that has really caught fire. One by nine lengths, two starts back, and uh, last start was able to get the job done in a really a double rise in class, and the horse again is uh, making a pretty ambitious move up to the winners over 25,000 life where you're seeing the likes of Market Share and Escuela. What do you make of uh, BWT Taj? Yeah, I really like him. He, uh, um, like I said, he, he's been racing just unbelievable here the last few starts. And I know it's another class up, but, uh, you know, if he can hold his form and stay as sharp as he has been, you know, uh, he's got a good spot. He could be close, and I, I think he'll be a threat. Race six, uh, another great race. It's an open for $50,000. And uh, you're going to take the reins behind Great Vintage. Now, Great Vintage, uh, you're driving for Jimmy Tactor. Great Vintage was a horse that won the Jerry Taylor Memorial last year at Harris, Philadelphia. Now, this year it's the Dorothy Mullen. It's going to be named. Uh, it's going to be a, a different name every year um, for uh, people that uh, were kind of in the industry uh, in the Pennsylvania area. But your thoughts on uh, Great Vintage? Um, he's been racing at Yonkers. I. I really haven't been keeping track of him. Um, I know that, uh, you know, he, he's a uh, quality horse. I know he didn't draw very well, but, uh, you know, he, he's surprised me before in the past, and, uh, you know, he, he's liable to do that again. I, I uh, Like I said, I really haven't been following him to see what type of shape he's been in, but uh, some my racing was at the Meadowlands, and uh, he was okay. I, that was right before he went to Yonkers. So, uh, like I said, the post really isn't that gonna isn't that good, but... You know, hopefully he'll give a good good show to himself. Well, you talk about numbers. Uh, if Great Vintage is able to uh, get the job done on Sunday, that would put him over $1 million in career earnings. So no pressure, just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving right He's along. That's a hard uh, way, too. Yeah, absolutely, from post eight. Moving right along. Uh, race eight, it's a Phillies and Mares. Winners over $25,000 life. And the horse you're certainly familiar with by the name of uh, Divine Caroline. Once again, she draws the outside post position number eight. But uh, it doesn't seem like she's as sharp as she was as a three-year-old. What's going on with her? Um, well, she started out the year. Um, she qualified uh, two qualifiers. She was pretty sharp. And then uh, it was just bad timing. She got sick, and then uh, she really hasn't uh, got over it yet. She's been kind of battling uh, a low-grade infection, and, uh, you know, she's well enough to race, but not well enough to be at her best. And uh, I thought last week, uh, her last start, I thought she showed some improvement, but she really got hammered by the uh, draw there, eight-hole, nine-horse field, you know. And, um, you know, this things really haven't been working her way this year, you know. Like I said, she did show a little bit of her uh, old self there last year, so maybe uh, maybe she can get going off of that. But uh, it's definitely going to definitely going to be a tough race for her. Dave, let's start to get into the big races. The Betsy Ross, uh, it's a mayor's invitational going for a purse of $200,000. Just a, a fantastic race. And uh, once again, another eight hole for you here, sir. Colors of Virgin. I know Mike Carter is going to chime in. I know he's got a question about this horse, but uh, she just went over a million dollars uh, in the not too uh, distant past. She's making her fourth start of the year. Breeders' Crown champion in what was a wild, wild race last year at Woodbine in the slop. Talk about Colors of Virgin a little bit. Well, um, I got, I've got to race her a few times there in the past, and uh, you know she uh, she she's one of those mares that she's kind of a steady grind, and uh, she's got really no real quick speed, uh, but she can go for a long ways there. And uh, I talked to her trainer the other day when he said he was going to put her in. He said that she seems to be in good shape. You know, I know the post isn't ideal, but uh, I I suspect there'll be a lot of speed in there, and it'll be moving along good. And if she can just get somewhere close, you know, around the last turn without getting too bad getting there, uh, she usually has a pretty good kick to her. 
Now, Dave, she hasn't had the best luck post, uh, post-wise, um, th- with the exception of the race at Hoosier Park. And uh, this will be the first time that you've driven her since uh, November of last year in the TVG Mayor's uh, Final. Talk to us about how good Colors of Virgin is. Uh, she won eight races last year over $300,000, a mile of 149 and two. She just seems to be uh, just as sharp and as consistent as ever. Uh, what makes her that way? Yeah, you know, she, she is very consistent, like I said, like you said there. Um, you know what? I mean, uh, she, she's just a solid racehorse, you know, and uh, she's at a level there that it's hard for them to stay like that. But she uh, she's a big, very, very big horse, strong horse. And uh, um, her schedule, you know, is usually out, out west, and it's probably not as hard on him as it is around here. And, uh, you know, she uh, seems to be, uh, you know, like you said, pretty consistent. You know, uh, her trainer does a real good job keeping her that way, too. They they give her a lot of field time, and uh, and she uh, shows shows up on race day. All right, 11th race is the Maxie Lee Memorial. We just had uh, Maxie's son, Greg, on. Of course, he does the trophy presentation every year for the Maxie Lee Memorial to the winner. You've got Shake It Carey starting from post position number six. Obviously, her stats speak for herself. She's won close to $2.5 million. She's 28 of 47 in the win column. Uh, you qualified her at the Meadowlands on the 21st, and this was after a couple near misses to start the year, a second to Jail Cruz, a third to be a magician. First of all, Dave, what, what were your thoughts on the qualifier? And uh, second of all, what do you uh, think of her chances here? Well, I was real happy with her uh, in her qualifier. She, uh, they raced her uh, Mother's Day there in the uh, the Elite Lop race, and uh, she didn't race any good at all. They they uh, looked into her, and she was sick, and she, uh, um, you know, had a infection there. And uh, they gave her some time, and I qualified her. She was very sharp the other day when I qualified her, and I, I. Uh, I, I I like her spot in there. I I think it'll set up good for her. You know, I think the ones on the outside. I think it's going to be a a, a good race, and I, I think she'll be she'll be coming on in at the very good. Now, Dave, let's talk about race twelve. It's the Dorothy Mullen Invitational for two thousand dollars, and you drive J.K. End of an era, who is probably over the past couple of years anyway been uh almost like a foiled again uh in my opinion except the horse version just showing up out of nowhere winning second third but this year uh he hasn't had the best uh start and hasn't had the best luck uh what are you looking at into jake hanneman going into this race on sunday well i'm I'm gonna try to get him away as close as i can i know there uh i know you got wiggler jiggler in there and uh the rock and run horse i i think they'll be trying to get out of there and get position. I, I just want to stay with him. I figure if I can stay with him um, and not be too far out of it, I, I think that's going to be his best shot. He, he uh, I know he's kind of had glimpses of uh, his old self there this year, but uh, I would, you know, uh, might not be on, you know, might, might not be as sharp as he can be. I, I uh, don't know exactly how he's going to handle the uh, Harris Philadelphia track, but uh, we got a good post and we're going to try, try to make the best of it. All right. Well, Dave, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. It's going to be a great day coming up on Sunday. Now, you know, last week we had your cousin, Brett Miller, on the program, and uh, Brett said he taught you everything you knew. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, he has tried. He's taught me a few tricks there, but I'd say it's probably about even there. He he does one one heck of a job, and, uh, yeah, he can make him go, that's for sure. What's what's looking ahead here in 2016 uh, for, for one Dave Miller? Uh, I got a couple of nice horses that I, I got I get to uh, drive this year, and uh, really looking forward to uh, Broadway Donna. Um, she uh, I qualified her a couple of times, and uh, 
Jim Campbell, he trains her. He said he was going to put her in at the Meadowlands next Friday. And uh, I could always be Mickey. And uh, uh, another horse for Jim Campbell, um, Katie's Rocker, he's racing this Saturday. He goes to the North American Cup after this, after the Sire Sticks at the Meadowlands. And, uh, you know, I got a few uh, few nice three-year-olds to, uh, to look forward to this year. So, you know, keep our fingers crossed and hope things go well. Sounds good. Well, Dave, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Good luck on Sunday. Good luck going forward, sir. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. That was the Hall of Famer, Dave Miller, joining us on the program. And uh, going through all of his drives, Mike, he's got uh, quite a few. But, uh, you know, really, really, Mike, when I was going through the program, I didn't realize he had so many eight holes. Right. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of work ahead of him on uh, on Sunday. No question about it. Well, we've got a break to take. Still lots to go on this program. Shannon Sugar Doyle's on the on-deck circle right now, and he's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about the Molson Pace. That's tomorrow night. Boy, that's a great field as well. And we're going to uh, talk a little bit about that, fi- uh, that field and uh, about the Western Fair card coming up on Friday. It's going to be a good one. Plus, Stephanie Jacobs, some racing under saddle. She'll talk to us about that. Plus, we're going to go over all the big races. Still lots left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Strah, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program welcome back to post time with mike and mike mike carter alongside of mike bozich and we're going to london now except we're not going to london england we're going to uh, western fair to talk to shannon sugar doyle and Sugar, how are we doing tonight? You know what? I'm doing really good. A little bit of nervous excitement for tomorrow night, but uh, I'm keeping keeping it together. Now, uh, Sugar, you guys have a fantastic program uh, on tap uh, tomorrow night, including the Molson Pace. And it, it, mm-hmm. you, you say it uh, before the big races, and I love it. They're off and it's on, and it's definitely going to be on on or excuse me on. Friday night. Talk to us a little bit yeah. about what you guys have coming up wagering wise, uh, maybe some guaranteed pools that uh, talk to us a little bit about the undercard. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it's a stacked card right through it. We, we begin the program, I believe city of London finals right off the back. We've got a guaranteed uh, early pick three pool right up front. You know, that's been a, we, we always talk about our go-to wagers being the pick fours and the uh, super high fives. But uh, that first race, pick three, it's in a great spot, and uh, we've guaranteed that pool at $5,000 
tomorrow night. So that, that's expected to take uh, lots of play. And, of course, uh, the pick fours uh, beginning in races of four and nine. Uh, the early pick four guaranteed at uh, $10,000 was guaranteed the late one at 15000 uh, We've added another super high five play, uh, the part of the go-to wagering menu. We've got three super high fives. And, of course, it finishes off with the Molson Pace, race 12. And that would be the mandatory payout because it's our final race on the meet. Very, very interesting. Now, you guys have had an outstanding meet. I mean, wagering numbers oh. have been up. It's been fantastic. What do you attribute that to, Sugar? Well, you know what? Uh, great product here on track. I mean, the, the horse people do a wonderful job getting their horses ready here for London. And uh, uh, you know what? The social media, that, that's worked really good, too. And, of course, uh, the, the, the value of the dollar, that American dollar, hey, it's uh, – it's uh, it's up over ours, and I'm I'm thinking we've got quite a few uh, players from south of the border that have taken a real close look at us uh, throughout our meet. Uh, as you say, very successful. Uh, we're all very happy. Uh, I'm part of a, a a great team, a small part of a really really great racing team. Uh, we we love to race here in London. That's what it's all about. Now, Sugar, let's dive into the Molson pace just a little bit. Of course, State Treasurer, the three-time defending oh. champion, is back. You have better rock on. And on the outside, and I have to feel ba- a little bit bad for uh, trainer Ron Burke because he drew post eight with all bets off in the uh, Battle of Lake Erie. But, uh, Sugar, if you didn't see the race, he was flying going to the three-quarter <laughs> pole. I actually thought he was going to catch Wiggle and Jiggle it there for a minute. Uh, talk to us what oh. you think about this race. I'll tell you where I was for that race. I was sitting here watching and listening. What a race that was. I saw that quarter mile in 28 for Wiggle It, and I knew there was no hope for any of them uh, in there. But all bets off, certainly uh, coming from next to last there. What a what a race. And he wasn't letting up by any means. Uh, pacing him back half in 53-3 and three over Northfield's half-miler. Uh, no shame in finishing second to the world champ, uh, Wiggle It, Jiggle It. All bets off is going to leave from that trailing spot eight behind State Treasurer, of course. State Treasurer had that rail a couple of years back where he made the bobble at the start. He was sitting last. He still managed to win it. He won't be able to make that bobble at the start and get the job done uh, this time. Trainer Ian Moore has said this is probably the best field we've put together here since he's brought State Treasurer here four years ago. But again, all bets off from that trailing spot eight. He is so good right now. I don't think I've seen this horse any better. Uh, The start two back was the one that uh, popped my eyes. Pocono sitting last on a sloppy track. He just jogged. Uh, Kikeli never even lifted a line on him, and and he wins so easy in 50 and two. And, of course, the big the big storyline, Sugar, is that horse that's starting right there from post position number one, State Treasure. And this is a horse that just made under a million dollars last year, is just yeah. shy of $2 million. Uh, you know, Canadian Horse of the Year, just been very, very solid. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. three straight Molson paces. But, uh, you know, obviously in, it doesn't really take an expert. You can look by the lines. He hasn't really been as sharp as he has been in the past, the last mm-hmm. three starts. And, uh Looking at some of the interviews that Dr. Ian Moore's uh, been doing, uh, it looks like maybe some sickness could be involved. But uh, Dr. Ian says uh, State Treasurer's uh, doing just fine, training, training really good. Do we? Do you think that we see the best of State Treasurer here in this event? You will. Uh, he loves London. That's the thing. He comes to London, and it was this time last year where, you know, uh, he was coming into the race in a little bit finer form last season. But you know what? Uh, his last couple of outings at, at the Mohawk front-end missions, I, I don't think he's a front 
stepping type horse. His victories here in London, they've come from off the pace, uh, a mid-pack to mid-pack to first win uh, three years ago. Again, a bobble at the start, sitting last, circled them to win it two years ago. And then last season, he's out and rolling first up at the quarter mile and grinds out a victory over the pace setter, all bets off. So, of course, it's the rematch between those. It doesn't bother me that he's winless thus far in 2016. Uh, if there was some sickness involved, he's got the good doctor, right? State treasurer, Chris Christopher, who stays on. If he can keep them together and uh, sit in that that top three spot uh, getting to the opening quarter mile state treasurer could be the one to beat again. Now, sugar, uh, let's talk a little bit about a couple of the other contenders. Uh, better rock sure. on drew very well towards the inside. And this was a horse that uh, I had a lot of confidence in, in the George Morton Levy at Yonkers. Do you think better mm-hmm. rock on with a little bit of post improvement tonight or on Friday could uh, potentially uh, show up? I think that's what he needed it was an inside post. Uh, I'm not sure he can get the job done against these types. I, I definitely like the fact that he drew post two next door to state treasurer. Uh, I think the inside post allows him to get himself into the triactor or superfecta here for the horse players. Better rock on. I watched his last there. Uh, uh, one of his last uh, starts where he was uh, first up, and he hit that final turn. He just didn't want to seem to go on. Uh, I think he's a bit of a trip horse, uh, a covered-up trip uh, up inside the top four will uh, likely uh, point this fella into the superfecta. The one that has caught my eye, uh, and I watched him, I waited for this guy's last start. It was Mach 2 and uh, got the job done at Yonkers for uh, trainer Nick Surick. He is the dark one. He is the down-under wonder. Only three starts in North America, and uh, he comes off that uh, sparkling 150-4 and four victory where he fired home in 27-1. and one. Our guy, Trevor Henry, Knows his way to the winner's circle here in London. Multiple driver titles here in London. It will be the first time Trevor will join us on this meet. He's been busy at Woodbine Mohawk. You know that. Yeah, and Trevor will be coming up here Sunday to Harris, Philadelphia, to drive a horse by the name of Wasmula in the Mares Invitational. Uh, The Betsy Rocks. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, what can you tell us about this horse real quick before we get back? You know what? She's not very big, but uh, she's got a big motor. Uh, Wasbull. I've seen her go a couple times. Uh, I actually went down to see Wiggle It Jiggle It a few weeks back at uh, Mohawk on a cold night, and. uh, this was Mula. She was just totally awesome. Like, like I said, uh, to me, she doesn't like look big out on, on the big surface of Mohawk, but uh, uh, Trevor Henry gets along fine with that mare. Sugar, we like value. We, From a gambling perspective, we always mm-hmm. like to see if we can get some long shots in. If we can't get them first, you know, we'll gladly take them underneath and exactts and tries and supers. Sure. Where does the mm-hmm. value lie in this race from a gambling perspective? How should we look at this uh, Molson Pace 2016 edition? Okay, for value, you've got to be looking at three, Sunfire, Blue Chip, and five, Mach 2. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of value on all bets off and state treasure post one and eight. They're the morning line favorites. Uh, Sunfire, Blue Chip gets the nose on the gate. Mark McDonald has been to the Molson Pace nine times. He's never won it. He wants this one. Jimmy Tactor training number three, Sunfire, Blue Chip. He was a winner, gate to wire in Quebec a couple of years ago on a half miler and 150 and change. So he's no stranger to the half mile tracks. Uh, Jimmy Tactor says this horse is a half mile track professional. Mark McDonald on board number three, Sunfire Blue Chip. He's going to be some value. Number five, Mach 2. Uh, he's going to be morning lined here at 6 to 1. I love the thought of Trevor Henry hopping up on this down under wonder. And you know what? McWicket. 
uh, one of five millionaires in this field. Uh, he's got a whole lot of bad class, and he could show up well. I believe he's about 7-1 on the morning line. Uh, but to me, the value players here are going to be the three Sunfire Blue Chip and the five Mach 2, the Down Under Wonder. I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing that one tomorrow night. He's my top choice. Sugar, any different way that uh, you as an announcer prepare for a race like this? I got to keep my nerves in, in check. You know, uh, I'm going to feed off the crowd, of course. We'll we'll have thousands of people here tomorrow night, and they'll all be having a great time. Uh, something new this year, we've got an infield event, a Molson infield VIP event, uh, where we had the fans uh, doing some social media contests this week. So we're going to have fans out in the, out in the infield. We're going to have a lot of people in the grandstand. I'm going to feed off of that, but uh, just to keep things in check as, as we get towards the big race. But uh, when that post break comes out, we do a little special thing before that. Uh, a couple of races beforehand, we'll be, bring out the drivers for driver's introductions. It all starts there, and it just builds and builds and builds, and then you know what? It, they're off, and it is on. <laughs> Sugar, i got to give you guys, before we let you go, a ton of credit at Western Fair. You guys have done a fantastic job, uh, whether it be the high five, uh, these guaranteed pick fours, the the high five is is my like highlighted wager there, and I'll tell you why. About a month or two ago, you guys had a guaranteed high five going into a seven horse field, and I think it was guaranteed oh, yeah. at like twenty twenty thousand or twenty five thousand, whatever it was. But had to be a carryover. Had, yeah, there was a carryover. They had they bet yeah. seventy thousand dollars. Now it's a high five, and there's only seven horses, and they bet yeah. seventy grand in new money. So I got to give everybody at Western Fair their props because you guys have done a fantastic job of promoting your program and uh, all of your racing out there. Well, hey, you know what? Thanks so much. We, we do what we love. We love what we do. And uh, you know what? That high five, that pick four, those are our go-to wagers. And we don't mind plugging them, especially if we get the carryover. And, in fact, uh, I, I've used your hashtag there, I believe, the the carryover alert, right? So uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, when the carryover's on, the horse players know about it for sure. Well, Shannon, we sure, certainly appreciate you uh, joining us. And good luck tomorrow night in the Molson Pace. Hey, thanks so much, guys. It's always a pleasure, and uh, you guys are doing great uh, great work. Uh, keep it up. Uh, I had no problem being on deck uh, behind Hall of Favor Dave Miller. That was awesome. <laughs> thanks a lot, Sugar. Thank you. All right. That was Shannon Sugar Doyle, who was joining us, talking about the Molson pace coming up at Western Fair, Mike. And I got to tell you, they have done, and I, I mean, I can't, reiterate this enough they have done a fantastic job at promoting their product and uh the people love to bet western fair well they certainly do and uh you know they do it through social media i mean you see sugar out there and he's talking to the guys you know you see guys like russ adams and a lot of the you know the good players in the sport of harness racing following along and sugar interacts with them very well and western fair interacts with them very well and uh, you know listen that's the part of the game here in 2016 social media is a big part of it and I give uh, Sugar and all the guys uh, and gals over there credit because uh, they're doing just that. That's uh, it's the new avenue. It's the new avenue in uh, promotion here in 2016. Yeah, it definitely is, Mike. Well, Mike, we got a lot coming up on deck. We're going to discuss this weekend's races, and we're going to give you our selections. We're going to tell you who we like coming up this weekend on the backside of this commercial. Don't step away. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. 
It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of. All right, we're visiting with Stephanie Jacobs in our ongoing series with Racing Under Saddle. And uh, Stephanie was one of the teachers at the seminar at Windback Farms just a couple of days ago. Stephanie, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be on the show. Now, before we get into Racing Under Saddle, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the uh, horse industry. Um, well, I've, uh, I've been in horses since I was very young, but mostly just riding horses, and I have uh, an adopted standard bread that I trained myself, and um, I've had her since she was three. She's now 15, um, and I've always had a, a deep love for standard breads, and when I got out of college, I started working in the harness racing industry through some people that I knew, um, and then... Next thing you know, I, I'm getting asked to, you know, ride horses to, you know, help with their attitude and give them a change of pace and hopefully, you know, make them more happy with their jobs. And then I'm having uh, Julie Miller, you know, say, well, why don't you race under saddle? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. And I was like, not kind of nervous about it and not really sure, didn't think I would be able to do it. And between uh, Julie Miller and Helen Gregory, I really um, started, you know, riding more seriously, and I did my first training miles, and it just was an experience that I will never be able to forget, so I just got kind of hooked. <laughs> now, do standard breads have to be trained a little differently uh, to perform in racing under saddle events? I honestly believe that, yes, they do. Um, and the reason for that being is that when they're racing in harness, like their center of balance and gravity changes. And, you know, to most horses, um, especially in, the, in this industry specifically, they are pulling a cart, and when they're carrying weight on their back, it changes. So if they're not conditioned properly, whether, you know, it's just, you know, riding them a couple of days a week or if it's riding them every day, um, it strengthens them and it, you know, allows them to adjust and change their center of balance so this way they're still able to trot and not make breaks. And, you know, obviously training miles, even whether they're fast or slow, is, 
you know, very important too because they need to be able to feel the weight change and the weight shift and, you know, know how to, you know, hold a rider properly and still be able to keep their gait. Now, you were one of the uh, teachers at the Windback Farm Seminar. First of all, how was the turnout? Was the turnout pretty good? Everybody happy? Um, I thought the turnout was really fantastic. I had been invited a couple of times to um, come teach at Windback, and we had to cancel, I believe it was once or twice, because we didn't have enough people RSVP, and they didn't want us to travel all the way from New Jersey to Maryland to, you know, teach a seminar and nobody show up and the fact that we had, you know, about 10 or so people and including, you know, a couple of other spectators to come and, and just watch and learn and hear about our stories and, you know, what we have experienced and, you know, how passionate we are about racing under saddle. It was really, to me, an amazing day and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Now, what are some of the things, uh, Stephanie, that you want your pupils or students so to speak, to come away with from you? What do you think some of the most important things are to teach them about racing under saddle? You know, I think uh, definitely one of the most important things to me always and anything that I do or anything that everybody should do is to always be, you know, 100% passionate about what they do and what they believe in and, you know, to do everything that they can within their power to, you know, make themselves the best that they can be, whether that's riding a horse a couple of times a week because that's all the time you have or, you know, riding, you know, every day or going to the gym every day and, you know, just asking people questions and learning as much as you can to, you know, better yourself and and what you believe in and what you're passionate about. So, I mean, you know, for me, like these horses are, you know, 100% my passion. I love standard bread. I love harness racing. I love showing them. I love competing them in any kind of discipline. Um, you know, and it's like, and if you're going to do it, you, you definitely have to do it full force and you got to stick with it. What would you like to see uh, racing under saddle accomplish in the next couple of years? Oh man, I'm definitely the, the number one thing is just to, you know, whether there's betting on it or not, um, which is definitely our goal because we want people to, you know, see our sport and enjoy our sport, um, is to definitely just to get more races, more riders, more horses. And that is one of our, our biggest challenges with the horses is that because we don't make a lot of uh, money doing what we do at this point, not very many trainers want to give up their horses and and races where they could make money to let us go, you know, kind of in a sense, um, showcase our sport and, you know, what we're passionate about, what we're doing. And that is definitely the number one difficulty. So we can get betting and wagering on it and get the publicity and get the support to show people how exciting it really is and how much fun everybody has when they see it. I think it would really make a huge, huge difference. And if anybody wants uh, or if anybody's interested and wants more information on racing under saddle, Stephanie, how can they go about uh, doing so? Um, well, if you know people in the business, um, it is definitely easier to, you know, kind of get hooked up with people to learn more about the horses and to start riding and, and training, whether you start off in an English saddle or um, a Monte saddle. Um, but you have to go on the, the website, the U.S. Uh, Trotting Association.com website, and there we actually have a link, and it's called Racing Under Saddle, 
and you, they have a list of the things that you need to accomplish and the things that you need to do. And you talk to Michelle and she's extremely, extremely helpful. And you get your, your license and you do your qualifying miles and you pass your test and they, you know, you know, you just, you have to do it just like everybody else does. You gotta, you gotta take your physical test. You gotta take your written test. You gotta pass them and you just, you get started. You just have to start from the ground up. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Hello, this is Kayla Straw, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich in this episode, as always, presented by Bet America. As long as Mike Bozich doesn't cut me off like he just tried to do just a minute ago. <laughs> well, well, listen, that's what happens when you have two people trying to run the studio. I'm trying to press play on one thing. You're pressing play on another thing. And, and that, listen, hey, when you're uh, about 1,000 miles apart, I think sometimes things can get confusing that way. But that we managed to get through it. That was uh, – Stephanie Jacobs, though, she does a fine job of racing under saddle, and uh, we certainly appreciate uh, her granting us the time to uh, do that interview, Mike. Yeah, no, definitely. She had a lot of good information, and uh, it, it's definitely uh, a race under saddle is definitely a uh, fun thing to watch. I enjoy watching it myself, and hopefully one day we will be getting uh, wagering on it. Yeah, and every other week, it's going to be a little bit of an ongoing series for us with Racing Under Saddle. Every other week or so on this program, you're going to hear from a different participant of uh, Racing Under Saddle and what they do and how they contribute kind of to that sport. And we'll just kind of keep an eye on how it grows. I know they have an event coming up. Uh, I know they race in the New York Fair Circuit quite often, and they've got a... A uh, an event coming up towards the end of June, I believe, at Ocean Down. So we'll have to uh, we'll definitely keep everybody updated uh, as far as the happenings of racing under saddle. But Mike, you talk about some happenings. We've got a big, big weekend of harness racing. I always say it every weekend, but it's a great, great weekend to be a harness racing fan, Mike, because there is so much going on. Not only in the United States of America and Canada, but overseas as well, Mike. Yeah, definitely the elite lot. Uh, I say the elite lapet. It's not the elite lapet because it at the end means the in Swedish. So it's elite lapet 2016 is coming up. And uh, Resolve is one of the American horses. Now, Nuncio is listed under as a Swedish horse, obviously, because Nuncio has been racing overseas. But Resolve earned a invitation uh, 
sort of, from the elite lap playoff, Mike. He was disqualified and placed second for going, or should be placed last for going inside the pylons in the stretch. And uh, trainer driver Oka Sponsted still got an invitation uh, from the Swedish. Uh, obviously missing here is Be a Magician, who their connections decided against going to Sweden. But Mike, th- this is two very good fields. Uh, and, you know, what's even better about it is, one division's not stronger than the other. Both of them are just as strong. You've got Nuncio in one division against BBS, Sugarlight, and Magic tonight. You, in the other division, you've got Resolve versus Oasis uh, B versus Mosaic Face versus, you guessed it, Tomoku. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting weekend for the Elite Lop. Yeah, it certainly is. Tomoko, of course, the 2014 champion and uh, Resolve. Boy, how crazy was that at the Meadowlands? Uh, Norris was uh, going away and gets disqualified. Be a Magician gets placed first. Both horses get an invitation to the uh, Elite Lop, and the Be a Magician elects to stay here where she'll be in action on Sunday, and Resolve uh, makes the trip overseas as the lone U.S.-owned horse. By the way, a great story, Mike. Um, on Harness Racing America, good friends uh, at HarnessRacingAmerica.com. Brandon does a terrific job. But a good story about Hans Egren, and I believe that's on the USTA as well, um, the owner of Resolve, uh, who really, I think, has a, a pretty good chance. I mean, you know, this horse, I mean, you know, his his uh, reputation speaks for himself. I mean, he's a 2015 O'Brien Award winner. He's a very nice horse. Uh, Oka Swanstadt drives and trains. I think Oka Swanstadt's won this race twice. Am I right, Mike, on that? I think so, yes. I think he has. So Resolve's got a a real big chance, but like you say, a couple of very, very competitive fields. And in that second leg, in the second uh, division, I should say, uh, you've got Nuncio, and his uh, reputation certainly speaks for himself. He was third in this event last year. Um, You know, he's got numerous accomplishments as a two- and three-year-old here in the States, and uh, he gets a good post-draw, post-two. By the way, both of these races will be at a mile, and the top four from each division will advance to the finals. But getting back to that second division, like you said, you have Magic tonight, who was last year's Elite Lop winner, uh, and there's some other great horses. BBS Sugar Light's a fantastic horse. So it's going to be a great event overseas. And we're kind of sorry we can't bring it to you. It was real tough timing because I know you've got duties you have to tend to. Uh, I've got the big races over Harris, Philadelphia. And by the time that race goes off, I think right around like 1130, 1140 Eastern time would uh, just be in the area where – uh, both of us would, you know, would uh, be tending to our duties. Uh, so, you know, it's real tough timing. We actually had planned to do it, planned to bring an American race call of it, but the uh, chips just didn't fall. But it's going to be a great event nonetheless, Mike. No, definitely. And we're going to next year, uh, for sure, we're going to create kind of a international themed schedule, so to speak. And we're going to take maybe two or three of these races, uh, especially like the ones in France at the start of the year, the elite lap, a couple of these big races and try to bring them to you in English. I know uh, we got a lot of feedback from the um, pre de Paris. Was it the pre de Paris or the pre de France, Mike? The pre de Paris. The pre de Paris. And uh, where Bold <laughs> Eagle had a shot at the triple crown. The fr- was trying to become the first horse. And uh, I think it was, almost 40 years to uh, earn that title. And a lot of people really enjoyed it. A lot of people really liked it. So uh, coming up in 2017, uh, we're going to definitely set up for that. No question. We had a great time bringing everybody to the Prix de Paris. It was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, we wish we could have done it for the elite lot, but the cards kind of didn't fall the right way. But as you say, Mike, 2017 is going to be great. Um, and, you know, you see a lot of horses now or a lot more horses that, 
you know, this part of the country is familiar with starting to travel and starting to compete overseas and great racing over there. Well, we saw on Facebook where uh, Jason Suttermore and uh, Wendy Ross is actually going to be the outrider there uh, for the, uh, for the elite lop and Jason Suttermore is over there and a lot of uh, American uh, representatives over there. So it's uh, really turning into an international event and uh, we hope to bring you more of that as uh, the days and weeks go on, Mike. Yeah, definitely. If you want to follow Wendy Ross on Facebook, I suggest doing so. She posted some great videos of her and Floyd on the racetrack um, at Sovala uh, just a little while ago. And Mike, I got to tell you, the pylons are made of PVC pipes. So it's almost like having a hub rail on the inside. So uh, a lot of good information uh, from Wendy Ross overseas. No question about it. Well, we talked to Sugar about the the Molson, and we're going to get into the Molson, and I want to get into the big races at Harris, Philadelphia, but we talked to Sugar, got his take on the Molson. Mike, I'm going to throw this at you. I'm going to put, I'm going to put, you, put your feet to the fire here. Give us a pick in the, Mol- in the uh, Molson pace coming up tomorrow night. Okay, so I'm going to tell you who I picked in the Hanna contest, and by the way, I'm playing for uh, new vocations. I got a, had a wonderful opportunity to meet Winnie Morgan Nemeth and those folks on Saturday night at Northfield Park. And, Mike, i got to tell you, they are some fantastic people. Winnie, uh, just as nice as she could be. And uh, they actually donated some things to us that we're going to be giving away soon on the show, and uh, we're thankful for them. But I'm going to go – my Hannah selection is with State Treasurer. I think State Treasurer drawing the rail is definitely going to help. He's not facing that tough of a field here. Uh, better rock on from post two is uh, a horse that you got to watch out for. The only horse I think you got to really, really look out for is all bets off the nine to five morning line choice. But Mike, I'm going to stick with what I know. And state treasurer is just as gutsy uh, as foiled again, in my opinion. And so I'm going with state treasurer. One of the things, especially people uh, in the States that really don't follow Western fair too much. One of the things that you have to remember and sugar mentioned it is that post date on that half mile track starts from the second tier. So all bets off will not be on the far outside. He will be behind state treasurer, but you know, Mike, I'll tell you when the chips are down, uh, you know, state treasurer is tough. He loves this racetrack. He's been very solid at this event. He draws the pole. And obviously in his first couple starts of 2016, it doesn't appear that he's been as sharp as he's been in the past. However, Dr. Ian Moore is a terrific trainer. And uh, the horse has had a couple of weeks off. And of course, we mentioned the sickness. But uh, Dr. Ian Moore says this horse is ready to rock and roll. And I'm going to take his word for it from the inside. I think state treasurer can make it four straight in the Molson pace, Mike, and that's my selection. And I'm hoping that we get second favorite status because all bets off is the morning line favorite. Yeah, definitely. And Mike, you got to, I want everybody, if you're looking at a program right now, and if you're not, you need to take a look at this program for state treasurer back on April 15th. And Mike, I have no idea where SOTC is. Um, I got a feeling it's somewhere in Canada, but he went against himself in a qualifier and, and check out these splits, Mike, over a mile track, 26, 52 and three. Now, for those of you not doing the math, that's 26 and three in the second quarter uh, and a final time of 149 and four off a 119 and four three quarter time. So I got to think this horse still is just as sharp as could be. But Mike, he's been putting up some blistering fractions as of late, and he's still just as fast as these horses. Yeah, I think this is the perfect opportunity, Mike, for him to pick up his first win of the year, like I say, from the rail or from the cone, so to speak. And uh, like I say, I think big horses shine in big situations. And I think State Treasure, the Canadian Horse of the Year, the reigning Canadian Horse of the Year, 
uh, right on right on the doorstep of two million dollars in career earnings. I think he accomplishes that task in the 2016 Molson Pace, Mike. But that's Friday night. That's going to be very very fun to watch. Um, by the way, Pinkman's in the undercard. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Yannick Shingra's over there. Pinkman is in the uh, the Elite Lop undercard, so you might want to keep an eye on that uh, traveling overseas. And uh, New Jersey Sire Stakes on Friday and Saturday at the Meadowlands. Boston Red Rocks will uh, be back in action after his win last week, so you certainly want to keep an eye on that. But Sunday, Mike, is the big day. There is Philadelphia. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great card. Not only, Mike, not only do you have the three big races, but it's a power pack card throughout. It really is. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's sort of big. No, I'm just kidding. It's definitely uh, a very big race card at Harris, Philadelphia. And Mike, I give it to the race secretary out there and Joe Osier. And uh, you've done some great work. The assistant's done a lot of great work out there to get these fields uh, together. These, you guys have a lot of great horses on Sunday. And considering all the action this weekend, you guys did a fantastic job. Well, you've got to, yeah, I'll tell you what, we've got one of the best race offices in the business, Joe Ozier and Mike Carrant. These two guys are just great guys. They're very, very hard workers. They take a lot of pride in their work. And, and uh, listen, Joe and Mike, we're very excited to put together a card of this caliber, which in my opinion uh, is probably one of the best cards that, that I have ever seen. Certainly the best card period that I've ever had the opportunity to call in my 15, 16 years doing this. So uh, the Betsy Ross uh, Mayor's Invitational, Mike, it's a fantastic race. It's race 10 on the program. There will be a $10,000 guaranteed pick four races, nine through 12. Three of the big races are included in that pick four. And, uh, you know, Colors of Virgin, we talked to Dave Miller about it. I really like this horse, but she gets post position number eight. And post position number eight at Harris, Philadelphia is just very, very tough. I mean, you've got past Jughead winners in here. Um, you've got uh, Katie said, and Mike, we saw that race. We covered it. I think it was one of our first on-air experiences with post time with Mike and Mike uh, back in the Breeders' Crown 2015, where Katie said had the race won and she broke. And that's when Colors of Virgin was able, and I, I think that's the question you were going to ask, Dave. Uh, but Colors of Virgin won just a mad scramble to the line, defeating Sand Between Your Toes, who, by the way, is uh, on the card, and uh, Venus Delight, who uh, is starting from post position number three here. So it's a wild race, very, very competitive race. You've got You're Going to Kiss Me or Not, the blue chip matchmaker winner, uh, just three starts back. She draws the inside. We talked about Wasmula. And uh, Sugar Doyle, this horse is from Canada. Trevor Henry's coming in to drive this horse. And uh, she's been very, very good, uh, you know, having a lot of success with the Philly Ameriprofers up there week in and week out. You've got Celibate, who is a second-place finisher in the blue-chip matchmaker. Uh, just a lot of class in here. Um, to pick a horse is going to be very tough. But I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people because I'm going to go with a horse by the name of Double Child. She's red hot. She was fantastic as a three-year-old. She won the American National. Uh, she just lost the Mosquito Blue Chip in the Matron. She's come off uh, back-to-back qualifiers. Her first couple of starts were just kind of sort of there. Uh, she finished fourth at a, in a uh, winner's over event at the Harris Philly, trying to cut the mile two starts back. Last start, she overcame post seven to beat Sasa Hanover at Yonkers. Uh, fourth start off the qualifier. I think her form is peaking. I think this could be her best effort yet here in 2016. And if she brings it, I think she's got a very good chance at a nice prize. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Devil Child. Uh, it, it's going to be a fun race to watch. Devil Child, Katie said, Wasmula. Uh, Trevor Henry is not going to come down just to, uh, you know, just to drive a 20-to-1 shot. you got to think he's got a shot to win that race. 
Mike Race 11 is the Maxi Lee, and this is a, a, a star-studded trotting field. And we, we've talked about this before. You've got the elite lap going on overseas, and you've got this big trot coming up at Harris, Philadelphia. Wind of the North is here over Gato, uh, Goral hit over. But, Mike, my girl, Queen Bee, be a magician, draws post seven. And that's who uh, my pick is. Uh, she raced really well in the uh, Mac LaBelle elite lap playoff where she was placed first. But it's coming off a very strong effort in the open handicap at Yonkers. Yeah, she's just very sharp right now, and she, um, you know, she kind of ended up in a little bit of a, I don't want to say a sour note, but you could tell she wasn't the same queen bee at the end of last year, and she started here in 2016, her first three starts, she's just been very, very good. Uh, she was placed uh, up to uh, win when uh, Resolve, in the, back in the Mac Bell, when Resolve actually won, but to cause some interference there, but she looked very good her last start. Uh, she draws post position number seven, she can race her monitor off the trot here. She's hooking up with J.L. Cruz, the 2000 2015 older horse of the year shake it carry who was just so good uh, at two or three she's at 2.5 million dollars and uh, she's looking for her first win in 2016 dave miller really raved about the qualifier at the meadowlands uh when she went 52 and four like you say garral hanover did make a break make a break over the Sobel in a winner's over last uh about 10 days ago facing jl cruz uh you've got abrogato who's always capable with a big mile il sonio dream who's an underrated trotter in his own right. And what do we know about Maestro Blue Chip? Maybe we should have had Joanne Looney King on the show because this horse has done nothing but one. Obviously, the level of competition is uh, certainly much higher here. But, uh, hey, this horse did pre- beat Pinkman last time, and Crescent Fashion does draw the eight. But uh, we really don't know how good Maestro Blue Chip really is, so a bit of a question mark. Yeah, this horse kind of hung out in New York last year, Mike, and won a division of the Graduate Series and won 51-3 with Dave Miller at the helm. Uh, This is going to be a horse that you may want to watch. I don't think you're going to get 8-1, Mike. I think uh, this horse could potentially be, you know, maybe 12, 15, 20, 25-1. Because this field is so jam-packed with horses like Yosonio, Dream, Shake It, Care, Be a Magician, I mean, all these horses you know, and then you go to post eight and you go, who is this maestro blue chip horse? And so uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, lowering the mark from 157 at Monticello last year to 151 and three this year over the racing surface. Yeah, and uh, so that's going to be something. J.O. Cruz, first-time Corey Callahan, so that's going to be interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, this is just a lot of great horses in that particular race. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch and call. And then, of course, it's the Dorothy Mullen Invitational, Mike, $200,000. You've got the rematch. You've got a couple of different rematches here. <laughs> you got Wiggle It, Jiggle It versus Rock and Ron. And, of course, Rock and Ron was able to win the Confederation Cup. You've got Wiggle It, and by the way, Rock and Ron was just buried last week at the Meadowlands. Had absolutely no chance, had no room until late, come flying at Artistic Major. Um, you've got a rematch, Wiggle It, Jiggle It versus Bit of a Legend. And the way Bit of a Legend closes, I'm going to tell you what, if Bit of a Legend races like he did last week at Yonkers, Bit of a Legend could just as well start from post 13 or 14 on the in the Delaware River. I mean, that was just an unbelievable close at Yonkers Raceway last time out. Does draw post eight. So you get a rematch between Wiggle and Bit of a Legend. Of course, they dead heated in the uh, one of the Levy uh, prelims. And then, of course, you've got Rock Eyed Optimus, the hard trying horse that has just been so very good. And talk about very, very good. Mock it so. I'm not so sure I've ever seen market so race as good as he did last week a 50 and two with a 27 and one close under wraps 
So if he brings his A game, that could add another element to this race. Uh, George Teague mentioned Mel Mara, who's uh, on the comeback trail in his seven-year-old career. Luck be with you as a millionaire pacer. Uh, Jake Andavanera is a $2 million pacer. So this field is definitely quite deep, Mike. And uh, you don't have to worry about me calling you, buddy, because uh, even if I have a sore throat and have no voice, I'm going to be there. So uh, don't, don't stay. <laughs> you don't have to worry about your phone ringing Sunday morning, buddy. Dude, I tell you, this race is just packed. I thought I was excited about the Battle of Lake Erie. This race here is on freaking believable i mean you got so many good horses including rock out optimus rock and ron wiggle it jiggle it uh mel mara's making a comeback bit of a legend I, who knows mike I, I got a feeling and me and you have both said this before i have a feeling it's going to be tight for win at the wire there's not i think there's going to be four or five noses uh on the line it's going to be a great race and uh, actually i'm going to go with bit of a legend i think that the the way this racehorse last uh, started Yonkers uh, was just uh, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you hear the term shot him out of a cannon. Um, <laughs> that, that was definitely the, the term. I mean, obviously he's going to need some racing luck. I think he's going to need uh, some cover to bring him close, but I mean, this race does kind of figure to have a, a, a busy outer flow and some movement here. So I'm going with number eight, bit of a legend, and we'll see what kind of price uh, that we get. But those are the three big races on tap, Mike. And actually, the whole card is stacked. I mean, market shares uh, going to be in action. Uh, you've got a, a $50,000 open with uh, the likes of uh, Split the House and In the Arsenal and McCardle's Lightning and Let Us Rock Them, Dr. Butch, Great Vintage. I mean, it's just going to be a tremendous, tremendous card. And believe me when I tell you, I am counting down the, uh, the days to Sunday because it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous event at Harris, Philadelphia. Mike, good luck calling this card. I know uh, you, you do a fantastic job, as always, at Harris, Philadelphia. So this is probably uh, one of the biggest cards you said earlier that uh, you've had a chance to call, and uh, we're excited to uh, have you bring us the action. All right. Well, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us on this edition, this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. I want to thank all of our guests, George Teague, uh, the owner of Wiggle It Jiggle It, Greg Lee. He'll be in the winner's circle presenting uh, his father's trophy, the Maxi Lee, to the winner of the uh, 2016 Maxi Lee Memorial, that great trot. Uh, Sugar Doyle joining us, the Hall of Famer, Dave Miller, Stephanie Jacobs. Uh, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us. We appreciate our listeners, uh, our listenership has just been through the roof outstanding. We've gotten a lot of support for this show. We appreciate our sponsors, all of our sponsors that have, uh, you know, lend support to this program. We appreciate them and uh, we appreciate everybody. The harness racing industry has certainly been behind us and uh, we appreciate that. Mike, anything else? No, I think that's it, buddy. All right. Take us home. All right. For Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We'll see you next Thursday with a first post. Seven o'clock, and don't forget you can bet all of this weekend's action live on betamerica.com.